Hello, and welcome to the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast, the only program for horse lovers who have a fondness for horses in film, art, and literature. Each week, we will have interesting conversations with equestrian filmmakers, artists, and authors from around the world, discussing the nature and challenges, as well as the triumphs of creating their work. Ready to talk horses and film and the arts? Here's your host, Julianne Neal, along with Lisa Dearson, festival founder and director. Welcome back for the second half of our kickoff for season two. In this half of the episode, you'll hear from Sandra Beaulieu, longtime member of the Equus Herd. Okay, we're really excited to have this new entry in the Equus Film Festival Literary Corral. Sandra's new freestyle book. Yay! It's beautiful. And of course, Mario's in a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm so proud of Sandra. Parker Square has published her book. And it's like, oh my gosh, we, you know, we knew her when yes. she was part of bag with us. So that's a, that's a very fun book to have entered this year. I just was looking back through pictures and and she she was there in costume and and I saw the artwork and her her trailer for the film and just all kinds of stuff with her and then Mario and Jill and Bruce and everybody pretty much even though we weren't able to do the regular right right that was another another strange week because that we had to deal with the hurricane and with the pyroplasmosis with the horses so. They canceled all of the the horses coming in, and Sandra really, Sandra and Mario and all stepped up to the plate and did presentations. They were such uh, such a professional group of horsemen to keep to keep the people who did come there engaged, even though they didn't get a chance to see their horses and see what they really could do. So exactly that that's that was to me was the consummate horse professional you know always learning how to just roll with the punches and and to make make the most of it for the people Mm -hmm. who were attending so we know ahead of time now we're doing a lot of virtual stuff but at that point we didn't know until that day or that weekend what was going to happen so right exactly fun it was a lot of fun but i'm looking forward to speaking with her and um i know you're going to enjoy hearing what all she has to say and who would have known then where we would be Two years later, you know, exactly. how things, how, because it, you know, there was nothing to, that, that we could do at the horses there. And just like now, there's nothing that we can do to get the people here. Right. It's, it's just exactly. the way it has to be. So we've got to punt and learn how to do it as best we can. Well, I think it's going to be a fun season, too. I'm looking forward to catching up with some of the, the folks that we've known from before, but learning more about some of the new folks coming into the Equus Herd, too. So I'm, I'm glad to kick it off with a good one. Yep, yep. We've got a lot of great people coming in this year. Pony on. This episode of the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast is sponsored in part by Nature's View, The Marley Project, and JA Media Productions. To learn more about what we do, visit naturesview.us. Our first guest on the podcast today is actually a dressage clinician, freestyle designer, unbelievable performer, and equine artist. I'm so pleased. And actually, I missed this one, the head trainer at Little River Frisians. I'm so pleased to be speaking with Sandra Beaulieu this morning. How are you, Sandra? Welcome to the podcast. Good. 
Thank you for having me. Good, good. It's, well, fun. it's funny in this this pandemic era and this time of of everything going on. People think, oh well, you know, we're not going to be quite as busy, but it seems like we're busier than ever. So, um, yeah. Thanks for taking your time out. Is nine o'clock normally your riding time, and and you're you're missing that today or not? Yeah, usually it's you know, and we're here in Florida, so uh, definitely morning is best time to ride, and then the afternoons is where girls are breeding and bathing and uh, office stuff. Being here at a Frisian farm, there's lots of uh, lots of spa days. <laughs> oh gosh, I can imagine keeping everything all shiny and clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see. I noticed on the Equitana website that you have a presentation, a demonstration coming up. So, are you are you getting ready for that? You preparing? I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Well, I, we were going to go to Kentucky to perform. Um, I was going to take my horse Rizondio and I do like art on horseback. So mm-hmm. I ride him by the canvas and do dressage movements and, um, and things like that, like to create, you know, kind of an abstract horse painting. Um, but you know, everything got canceled. So they're put it online. Um, so I'm working on a video. One of my friends is, uh, putting together, uh, kind of a compilation of other performances I've done to kind of show the process. Um, so I think that'll be fairly interesting, uh, more fun, um, sure. at, you know, at least to have something. And then I sent a couple of my limited edition art prints to them. So they're going to use that for giveaways. Oh, so, yeah, it should be fun. I, I think they might be doing a Q&A, but I haven't gotten confirmation yet. So, right. um, and I'm not exactly sure the day and time yet, but uh, hopefully that will know all that soon. Definitely. Well, it's funny. I feel like we've all gotten so into Zoom. We we're we're used to it now. It's kind of part of the vocabulary. So, with all these virtual right. demonstrations and conversations and everything, I'm still learning so much. It's not like being there in person for sure, but um, no, still able no. to learn a lot. So, yeah, definitely. Well, it reminds me. Actually, the first time I ever met you, at not exactly the same situation, but similar um, problems. Similar, or yeah. <laughs> I, I remember vividly walking into the Equus tent, Equus Film and Arts Fest tent at the World Equestrian Games in Tryon, and I thought, "Who is this beautiful lady?" You had your costume <laughs> on. You had, I mean, you yeah. had your art. You and I was like, "I love art. I love horses." I love all of freestyle and everything. So I thought this girl is, she's got it going on. So that was one of those times <laughs> that the storm was like pending and we we're all trying to figure out what to do and everything got shifted around and you and Mario Contreras of Medieval Times and Jill and my partner, Bruce Anderson. I mean, y'all were out there still in costume, still doing your thing and um, able to make the most of it. So that was an exciting yeah. time to get to know you. Yeah, we, we did our best, and I remember it was just such a process, and we kind of found out last minute we were going anyway, like a month before, and mm-hmm. so I was in Maine and had to do a lot of stuff to get my two horses ready to go, and then I just, I usually go to Florida in the winter, so I was like, moved my travel time up a couple months, so that was like a little stressful, and then we got there, and it didn't kind of happen, and so we went on to Florida, and I was like, you know, I should have been the It was at the beginning, and the World of Question game was going like another week and a half. So I was like, you know, I should just go back, you know. And so I went back by myself. I left the horse, you know, at the place, at Marsha's place. And, mm-hmm. and it was great. It was just nice to just meet everybody and 
network and um, just kind of have fun and, you know, you know, try to just make the best of, you know, a not a great situation. And right. this is sort of a similar thing. Yeah. You know, you just got to do the best you can. <laughs> right. Well, I, every morning I would look, Diana DeRosa was doing up the schedule for the Coca-Cola stage and I would see who was going to be down there talking. And, you know, Yvonne Barteau had some dancers and um, normally would have been on horseback, but they still came in costume and did their thing. And like I said, you and Bruce and Mario and all them, it was, it was just fun. It, it still, yeah. I think the thing is for people, People to see the performance side of it. You're obviously really um, well versed in that performance aspect, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely my passion is the performance of the horses. Um, I, I was training in really uh, competitive, like serious massage for a really long time, and I had very serious goals, very type A, you know, but I was always very artistic as well. Mm-hmm. But I never really like blended them together. Um, and, and then the barn I was at, you know, they had an equestrian theater, which is the, you know, the brain operation of the, the, my previous coach, Carol Rose. And she um, did it for her students to kind of have fun and show off his massage skills. And that kind of grew every year. And that was how I learned how to do quadrilles and, and choreography and perform to music and and, you know, and like, it was like running a theater show. I mean, you literally jump off, change costumes, jump on another horse, change costumes, jump on, you know, for like two hours. And this was before Facebook. And like, we didn't have anything online. We didn't do YouTube videos, but we always had a packed house. It's so entertaining, so much fun. So that's where I was so passionate about it, but, you know, still very serious. And then sure. when I, um, I lost a couple horses, um, uh, my trainer sources, they, they had died tragically and, uh, I, um, kind of quit, like just was just too much, you know, and I stopped doing competing and, um, just didn't have any desire to do that anymore, but mm-hmm. I kind of was hung on to their creative, um, aspect. So, and then I found my, that same time I found my Parisian Dow and we kind of started a whole different journey together. Um, and Rovi Rovangio, the one I ride with the art on horseback, he was my mother-in-law's horse and I rode him for her. And he's just such a sweet personality. I've known him since he was a baby. Um, so he was always was just so easy and fun to ride. And I, you know, I was like, hey, can I paint on horseback? I'll try it. You know, <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, you know, definitely an experience. So you have so much um, experience you and you know the technical side of it as you said you've done the serious stuff so I mean you're an USDF bronze and silver medalist um, the freestyle bronze bar from USDF and an L graduate with, with distinction I mean these are all really it just shows that you know the background behind where this came from and you know the technical side of how it's really supposed to be so it's not just a performance um, it's serious and so I, I find those performances so intriguing to watch and um, you, yeah. you mentioned your horse um, Dow well what a special special guy I mean I, as you said you found him after a difficult year and sometimes those bonds are the ones that, that become the strongest I've really enjoyed watching the videos and, and things I've never seen you perform in person and so as I was going through and watching Beauty and the Beast and I think my favorite yeah. Outlander the Outlander thing 
I, I love the show anyway. So when you hear that intro music right. coming in, um, but it's amazing. Yeah. so wonderful. And I mean, what a, it's so appropriate for him with your costume and just mm-hmm. his whole demeanor and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. What, what a special bond. He's a very unique, unique horse. Um, he was basically a kind of bucking bolter, like difficult, like no one wanted him kind of thing. And, but I'd always wanted to prison. It's that dream of like, you know, I, I had never been in a prison or even worked with one until you know I found him and he became and I was able. Here's my he's the only horse I've ever really owned myself, but he's very special to me. Um, and it took so long, many many years before he really like started to show like trust and and his personality, like, you know, he just was so hard to read and mm. um, not a happy horse. And he was very stoic and held all the pain inside. And so he, I learned so much from him and here's my soul horse, you know, that, I mean, I, I, for people who are listening, I, you know, that's what he, he passed this summer. So it's very sad and I'll probably start crying, but um, right. it's very, I think it's very important for people to um, like what I want to keep doing with his work is inspire people to, you know, keep their horse and work with them like all the way to the end. You yes. know, like I, I started, I couldn't ride him much anymore at the end because he had really bad wing bone and he had a cyst in his foot. So he's very lame. Mm-hmm. Um, but walking, he was fine. Like I could work him on trail rides and I could walk him do, doing like trick training and stuff. And he was comfortable in the paddock. He just, He's quite lame trotting, you know, and he he's a pretty lazy guy, so he doesn't really care just walking around anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I taught him how to paint and he so so smart. I mean, I was teaching him new things all the way to the end, like crazy. I was like, he's just uh, you know, I'd he'd be free in the ring and he'd stand there and paint with me. Like oh. he just wanted to to do it and, and I was just getting him to the point where he could pick up the brush and do it himself a little bit. And then, because my goal was to have to paint together. Like, I would paint, he would paint, you know, at the oh, same cool. time. We kind, of, we kind of did that in our last, we finished one really large painting that's so special because I have it in my room and, you know, I could see it every day, which is very sad, but yeah. <laughs> it's a very special too that we, you know, we were able to create something really special even after I wasn't able to really perform him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I just think that horses have so much more to give past that point of, you know, I would have never sold him anyway. Or I'm never going to sell my other horse, Rovondio, either. But right. it, it is challenging when they get older because, you know, you still want that connection. And you can't do the connection the same way you did. You have to be really creative. And I know a lot of people think they would want to do tricks with their horse or groundwork or liberty training. but there's something like so magical and spiritual about that bond that that you can grow as a person too. So I, I just, it's just so, it hit my whole journey with him about 12 years and that was like a whole experience. It's just amazing. So I'm told I'm a different person because of him and look at different horses in a different way. And uh, it's just, it's just pretty amazing, you know, I always think you're probably everybody has that one special horse. Like I don't know if I'll find the same kind of thing again, but I'm so grateful that I had him for as long as I did and that we had that full experience, 
you know. Sure. Well, and I could tell on social media the outpouring of affection when he did pass and just everybody sending things. And I saw the memorial that you set up. And I mean, it just you could tell that he was beloved by, by more um, by, by the general public, too. But what a special bond for you. And probably that yeah. difficult horse thing when you do break through with them. There's just something extra and, and adds to that personality and adds to your relationship. Um, is wigg- yeah. wiggling his lips and hugging and kissing and all the talking like Mr. <laughs> yeah. Ed. I mean, all that's fun, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's finding that way of still connecting with them and making them know that they're, they're still important and have a job to do. So that's pretty right. Special. Right. Oh, he definitely demanded my time. Like he was kind of angry when we first moved to this farm at little river. Cause I used to have it just him and Roby. I'd be at another barn and I would go teach off property and then, they were there and they were my only horses on the farm. Oh. I mean, like they were, there were other horses there, but they were the only ones I worked with. But now oh. he would see me, he would see me all day long walking back and forth with other horses. Oh, <laughs> so it was not, he was pretty, he was pretty mad. Um, like, why are you with that horse? You know, and yeah. so I had to really spend a lot of time with him. So we knew that like he was still number one. <laughs> like, so, Mr. Jealous. He's just, uh. Yeah. He's just really, it was so funny. And, um, but yeah, definitely when I first got him, the, the, you know, the, he would just stand in the back of his stall, his head down and he didn't care if I brushed him or did anything. He had his ears back all the time. He didn't want to be handled or touched or didn't, it's like, he just thought he was just going to be sold again, you know, mm. like, and it took a couple experience. We had a few experiences, like a trailer accident we had one time and, and he, I swear he was sitting, he got his caught leg caught up over the center bar. Like he reared <sighs> something. He got back sucked down, you know, and his butt was stuck under. And I was like, oh, my God, most normal horses would freak out and, like, break their leg or yeah. something like that. And he, he just kind of, like, sat there. He's kind of hanging everything, and he was just watching me, like, are, are you going to do something about this? I'm waiting. I'm waiting, you know. Oh, and he was God. just so smart and waited and waited and waited. And then finally I was like, okay, Dad, i got to move a little bit. And then he just moved and kind of rolled out, and it was just. It was just, and then after that, it was like, oh, okay, you saved me. Okay, I got it, you know, and uh, different experiences like that where we'd go and do something and come back, and he was like, okay, okay, you're not you're not just sending me away, you know. It definitely was very obvious to me, which I'd never had that connection with another horse before because most of the horses I'd known since they were full, so they were not mishandled or having emotional baggage, you know. Mm. They're a little bit more simple and you build a relationship and it's wonderful but there's something very different about a horse that that you have to work so hard to build that connection with but how worthwhile in the end yeah definitely yeah yeah well the artwork that you do with with them i mean i'm guessing that you you did the same type of thing also with rovi um is is um well i with dow i did it on the as a trick on the ground like where he paints and rovi i've taught him how to do that the same thing but he didn't really kind of get into it as much as down. But I think it was like, I'm actually working on different brushes for him because he, he's a little bit more, it's like you're trying to figure out like what the horse wants to grip and mm-hmm. how he wants to hold it. And so Rovi, I'm playing with it, but Rovi, because he's so much more comfortable to ride, I can ride him with one hand. I tried the art on horseback, but now I could have never done the art on horseback. He's just oh, too big. Okay too bouncy, didn't turn very fast, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't do collected movements like a little pee off or collected canter. He just 
I've needed an enormous canvas or a wall to do anything with them. <laughs> the whole so short side of the arena would have to be the canvas, I yeah. guess. <laughs> well, yeah. and so you're doing some of this bitless also with Rovi, right? Yeah, I, I wrote both of the bitless for a really long time. Um, mostly because Rovi has an old um, injury to his face, so he had kind of he's a hole through his sinus, and then it caused a problem with his tooth. And so we've had, he actually had sort of dental surgery this year, and had a tooth removed, and he has a fake—he has a fake tooth, like a bridge in there. Um, so he's doing really well, but he always like—and I ride him with the bit now as well. But I went through—I was trying to try to find what was the most comfortable for him, and he never was like upset about the bit or anything. But he just licks a lot with his tongue, and I—I I think now I've come to the conclusion it's like nerve damage on the side of his face because he only oh. does it on the side where he lost the tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's happy, like, he, he's never, like, unhappy about the bit, and he's very easy to ride, and so I can ride him bitless or with the bit or nose band, no nose band, and he's just very pretty easy, um, but I did ride in the bitless for a long time, and, and Dow liked it, too. I rode him a lot bitless, and um, so I've kind of done, I always try new things and see what works and see what you like and what you don't like, and certain horses go better and different things, so... It was kind of fun to experiment, hmm. you know. Mark your calendars, folks, for a very special film event. Brook USA will be premiering Hope's Legacy, a movie by Douglas B. Maddox, starring Diane Cannon. The movie is the sequel to A Christmas Ranch, which aired on Hallmark. Dates for this event are Thursday, October 15th at 4 p.m. and Friday, October 16th until 11.59 p.m. Access to the pre-selected content provided by Brook USA will start at 4 p.m. The movie premieres at 7. The premiere of Hope's Legacy serves as the kickoff of The Power of One, Brook USA's latest campaign set to raise $1 million over the next 12 months. Ticket prices begin at $25 for general admission. This virtual event is provided through a designated subchannel on the Equus Film Channel, solely for usage by Brook USA. Too, that that you're really good at whatever you choose to do because not only are, are all the medals and everything, but I mean even with your art background, you were in AP art classes in high school, and there's this you've been exposed to Chinese calligraphy, and so maybe that is that part of sort of you know you're doing a pee off beside the canvas. Is that what led you into this sort of thing with with the work that you do on horseback? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of always felt like I had two parallels going on. Like, I loved art, and I had my own little, like, leadership business that I, you know, sold products on Etsy, and I, mm. I used to do logos, and just kind of like, I like that simplicity that the um, of capturing the movement of the horse with minimal lines. Um, I'm not really a person that likes to do, like, realistic art or sit for long periods of time. I would like, I want it to be more like zen in the moment. So with the horse, it works pretty well because I kind of don't really know what's going to happen. And I don't really know where my brush strokes are going to land. If my horse is going to get too close or it's going to be too far away or I throw it and then my aim is wrong. I don't know. You know, so it's just kind of like an experience more, you know. Um, So it has to be like in the right mode and the right mood. And, and, you know, it's a lot of work to get everything set up and try to. And sometimes I think something's going to work and it doesn't work. and 
So, you know, it's just something for me and Rosie to do together. I don't know if I'll do it with another horse, Mm. um, but it's just kind of something that we share because he was, he's not super talented for like competition. So I got some of my metal scores on him with freestyle because he's so good, but he, He's not real gifted in the gate department, and mm-hmm. he's he's 19 now, so he's also you know got a lot of arthritis and different things he's working yeah. with. So I'm trying to maintain him. Um, so I'm just you know it's just I always try to have something special for each horse because I feel like their personality. Trying to bring that out, you know, if you try to do the same thing with every horse, it's not really going to work, and you kind of block yourself off to something that could be really interesting and really mm-hmm. magical if you just. You know, I just one day was just sitting at the kitchen table and I thought, yeah, I wonder if I could mix the art with the writing. Like, <laughs> that was probably, that was probably back in like uh, well over 10 years ago. Oh, it took wow. a couple of years before I even tried it. Like, I uh, I just thought about it for a couple of years. And then I was like, you know, I should really try this. Let's, let's see. And, you know, just I have gone through different easels and different canvases and different ways to do it and different costumes. and always trying to do do different things, but you know, I'm not really sure how much longer I'll be able to do that with Rosie just physically for him. Um, so I have started doing the painting on the ground, you know, cause I think he, he's very, very smart too, mm-hmm. to give him something to do. And he likes doing tricks and Liberty and he loves to perform. And that was always actually quite, um, he was a little bit nervous in front of big audiences. Mm-hmm. So he always had a little bit that like, I was a little unsure if there was a weird noise uh, from the speaker or the crowd got a little too wild. Like, I wasn't sure if I could go bridalist or not. Whereas Roby, like, grew up with the theater. He loves it. He knows the audience clapping is great. So he doesn't have stage fright at all. But he's not a big, fancy Frisian. So, you know, Dow always captured the crowd because they could sense that connection. You know, yeah. It's just different. It's interesting to see how... Uh, you know, it's like with people, how the personality comes out. And Dow always liked really little crowds or like people coming to his stall and he'd do all of his tricks. And he knew people laughing was what he wanted. Cause <laughs> if I say, if I kind of yell at him a little, like, hey, Dow, you know, what are you doing? He just, you know, if I, he would just start wiggling his nose at me. And then, of course, I'd start laughing. So <laughs> he was a little too smart for his own good. He got away yeah. with a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and we're at that time where, you know, all these live exhibitions, you've done things for Equine Affair and symposiums and all that. And so um, the live exhibitions are hard hard to do right now. So it might be a good time yeah. for the smaller things. And, you know, you've you've done some things that for nonprofits, for example, with with your performances and so maybe as maybe as we get back into some of that you'll you'll have those yeah. opportunities too so but in speaking of opportunities um with with the Equus Film Festival you know Ashley Mancuso had done a video for you and I think that was what was showing at WEG is that right yeah. yes that was and, and Ashley's actually the one who's making a video right now of my art on horseback for Equitana. Yep. And she also did the memorial video for me for Dow. And, um, Mm. you know, she's one of my really good friends. So we like to work on projects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could tell y'all had a great working relationship when I saw you interacting at at WEG. So that is going to be great. I can't wait to see what she puts together for you. Yeah. 
Cool. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and you have another new initiative going on, or finished, actually. It's out there. The book, Freestyle, The Ultimate yeah. Guide to Riding, Training, and Competing to Music. So how long did it take? What I mean, were you putting together things oh, over gosh. years and years? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it was like, I had been doing ebooks like um, that, that were pretty popular online. And um, there's definitely a need for information about freestyle because if you, when I would go search online, there was really no books, no current books. Exactly. There's only like a few from like the 80s, you know, and I was like, you know, there's nothing going talking about just basic software and like kind of ideas or having like choreography ideas, you know, and I, I'm more into like um, helping people with like pre-made choreography because people get really stuck. Like yes. I used to teach a lot. And when I would go to clinics, like everyone was like, Oh, my dream is to ride a freestyle, you know, whether it was competition or exhibition or just riding music with their horse. And they just absolutely would get so like a wall, like they would get so overwhelmed that they would never even try it, like, or even start. So I was like, you know, if I could just make something to help that gap, just mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, you know, I, I design freestyles for people. I don't do it right now because I'm too busy, but um, I had learned like how to do it and, and I love doing it. And um, so like, you know, I know the basics. I'm not an Olympic freestyle designer, so I don't use the fancy equipment. So the, the nice thing is, is that I, I share what, what a normal person would use, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that was my point of like, that you don't have to be an expert at sound design or use the fancy equipment unless you want to hire someone. Yes, that's fine, but you can get all the other stuff done. You know, you can create your choreography. You can use your iPhone for your BPMs. They have apps for that. They have music you can find on Spotify. And like, there's just all of these things that a lot of people, a little bit the older, uh, although amateur group that I mostly teach those women. And, you know, they're a little bit, aren't as familiar with the tech stuff so they just needed more help and um so i approached um uh trafalgar publishers and they um they were interested because there wasn't really anything on the market for freestyle so um i definitely was a lot of work yes and my book is very big too they they said at the end that I had like over a hundred more pages than expected. So I had to go up into a different category. So. Oh, I love it. That's a good thing. But, That's uh, better than having too few, yeah, you know. It's definitely hefty and it has choreography options for all levels. Through I went through fourth level um, and also Western dressage through level four. So it's mm. like, it's just good for people who are starting. And I have a whole section on, you know, tips for riding with the props and costumes and exhibition and sound and just, you know, just kind of also just a little bit of everything. It's a lot of fun. Um, just kind of help you get through that process. Well, I wish I had known you years ago. Somebody asked if I would put together a freestyle for them. So I thought, you know, yeah. how, how hard can it be? <laughs> and so <laughs> naively start putting music together and, you know, trying to trying to find music that fits the horse and all that. And we got a beautiful, beautiful um, soundtrack done for her. And then she rode the test and said, well, I need an extra five beats because I've got to do this in the corner. And then the transition was off. 
off. It wasn't happening at A anymore. And, and I mean, it's yeah. it's not as easy as you naively think to put it together oh, anyway. Right. So yeah. having your expertise and having a, a resource like this would have been a huge help to me back then. So, well, and I'm assuming that you'll be submitting it for the film festival this year, I'm hoping. Yeah, I already Great. sent, uh, yeah, I already sent Patreon books so that that'll be in there so it'll be fun i kind of forgot that a literary <laughs> section and i was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> that reminded me and i was like okay that's very so cool yeah absolutely well i'm so excited I, i've loved talking to you and i know you got work to do i i think you told me when we first got on the call you're out on out near the arena or something and so i'm sure you're itching to get to the horses but but thank you yeah, is, okay. <laughs> is there anything else you want everybody to know i mean we're definitely going to put show notes with your website and access to be able to buy the book what what's your next project yeah. i'll quickly ask what do you have any young ones coming along you're you're getting going or what's your next thing yeah well basically what i do at um little river Foodland, i'm the head trainer and you know, developing the horses. They have a couple horses that are like so amazing for performing. So I'm really hoping at some point when we can get back to performing, um, is it a Frisian gelding named Kofron S and he's just, he's as goofy as my Frisian and <laughs> loves learning things. I and mean, he's learned things so quickly and they have some beautiful Andalusians as well. And some Orlanders. And, um, it, if you, we do a lot actually on Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Our TikTok following is like well over 90,000. It's crazy. What? And so we have so many funny videos on there, all behind the scenes, the horses, and really, you know, have a lot of followers on Instagram. So I, you know, and that's mostly what I'm doing is, you know, I manage the social media with the girls here at the barn and mm-hmm. training the horses. And we have a few for sale and then they greet them. Um, so if you want to stay up to date with what I'm doing, you just go and follow the Little River Fusions okay. Instagram and TikTok because it's so much fun because, you know, that's what everyone is on right yeah. now because of uh, the virus. So, right. that you know, if you want some en- horsey entertainment, I would say go do that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's going to be, I've got to start that. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. so entrenched in Facebook and Instagram and now it's like TikTok. I got to learn it. Got to figure it out. So. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Much fun. Very good. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Sandra. It's I look forward to seeing you, you, if not at Equitana this year and not at the film festival in November at the horse park. Hopefully by next year, we'll all be back in 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 person things. And I can't wait to see you then and and see what else you got going on. It'll be something wonderful. I know. I'll keep working on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll go ride. Have a great day. And Thank look you. To you, you too. Soon. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd like to take a few minutes from the podcast to tell you about a couple of things my horse Winston and I have been trying out. Fenwick Equestrian's liquid titanium products have a patent-pending technology, and this has resulted in the production of the first and only therapeutic mask, which can help your horse relax and focus naturally. Through some pretty extensive training, Fenwick discovered the use of this smart fabric, and it produced a natural calming effect on many horses. This works through something called negative ions, which are proven to make us feel better by providing you more energy and a positive mood. Think of how you feel when you're in the central heat or air in your office all day, every day, and you can't wait to get outside and breathe some fresh air. A horse living in a stall is pretty much like that. This smart fabric is especially formulated also to allow continuous washing and drying without diluting the qualities. 
The fabric functions equally as well on a wet horse as a dry horse, and there's no limit to the length of time you can leave a mask on. All of Fenwick's therapeutic headgear is approved for competition worldwide, and Fenwick is great about listening to customers. As a result of customer requests, they've added ears to the mask as well. You can go to their website, fenwickfarm.com, to check out their products, from liquid titanium to coolers, blankets, leg boots, saddle pads, and more. I know that Winston and I love our saddle pad. If you can't find products in a store near you, they always have online sales at fenwickfarm.com. Please be sure to tune in next week when Julianne and I have another interesting conversation with one of our Equus Film and Arts Fest filmmakers, artists, or authors 